0: You know, still looking ahead of the year 2023, and you got to see what kind of differences are going to be in 2022. And you really hope that the supply chain is easing back up, and maybe we've seen peak inflation. There are going to be some big improvements. One person who really has a unique ability to see this and see into the future is uh, one of the largest food distributors, and wholesalers, and retailers for, for food in, in the country. Tony Sarsum is the CEO of Spartan Nash. And uh, we knew him, of course, when he was here, CEO of Borden and Company. He's moved on to bigger and better and more challenging things, I guess, Tony. It's good to have you with us.
1: It's great to be on, David. Wonderful to be here again and Happy New Year.
0: And to you, too. Is it going to be a Happy New Year? What are you seeing? Are, are we First of all, is the supply chain up and running again?
1: Yeah, the supply chain is up and running. And it has been a slow path, as you hinted at in your opening these last three years have been a virtual MBA in, uh, in, uh, in business disruptions of one sort or another. Um, the uh, supply chain got really got hit hard during the early part of the pandemic. And, uh, then, uh, it, it continued to, uh, ebb and flow a little bit and actually really was, was in worse shape overall, even as recently as the beginning of 2022. But it's coming back now. But to give you a perspective on numbers a little bit, we would have expected to receive about 98% compliance on our orders from our food manufacturers uh, it bottomed out around 50% in the, in the trough of, uh, of the uh, post-pandemic. We're back up to about 75% now, uh, but that's still a long way from where it was just a couple of years ago.
0: But it's the oddest thing. So, I mean, early on, everybody was hoarding toilet paper, so maybe you can understand that. But then it moves on. There's no baby formula. Then, then suddenly all the cats are, are not – there's no cat food, and bird and yeah. flu comes along, and it's hitting poultry. It's like it's always something.
1: It is. And it's sort of what we're seeing a little bit, I think, is just how, um, you know, the interwoven supply chain can be a little fragile when you have these relatively small disruptions they can have big ripple effects. And our, I think our collective ability to overcome the disruptions uh, was, was hit hard during the pandemic. And, and uh, the pandemic and really the labor challenges that came from the pandemic, I think, had the biggest impact.
0: But, you know, These are commodities, and and what I had always learned in commodities is that they had a way of correcting themselves. I mean, if there's a shortage of baby formula, then everybody and their aunt suddenly starts making baby formula. The next thing you know, you're up to your eyeballs, and baby formula, the prices are plummeting.
1: Yeah. And then the Bay Farm, of course, is not really a, a pure commodity. It's a, well, it's a complicated manufacturing process. Okay. I have
0: cat food. Polka, yeah. You know. and
1: so cat food, I mean, yeah, wet cat food has been, been, uh, been down and out now for almost three years. Uh, but what's happened is we had, we're we in a very competitive supply chain. Also, the, the the food industry and other industries in the United States are very competitive. It is survival the fittest. And what's happened is that there are there are fewer competitors who have the capacity, right, to uh, to supply these items. And one of them has a disruption. Whether it's uh, and we had one, uh, you know, right here in the state of Michigan, we had the, a one of the baby formula companies had a problem. Um, they're just not enough capacity to get back on track very quickly. So these are protracted problems. Uh, When uh, when we find ourselves in that combination of of more limited capacity because of the competitive nature of the industry, as well as, you know, more disruptions because of whether it's the labor or or other other entities that cause those disruptions. So so we'll we'll work our way out of it. I think you're right in the longish term, but in the short term, it's been a little painful.
0: One of of the things I mentioned in the open is is Spartan Ash is unique to me anyway, in that you're a wholesaler and a retailer. You've got retail outlets. So speaking right. as a retailer, all this inflation comes along and these shortages. Do you have the ability? Do you have the elasticity? Can you pass this along to the consumer? Will they pay it?
1: Well, uh, the numbers tell the story. Uh, most of it is being passed on right now. Uh, not all of it. Uh, we, we have. A, we are fighting very hard to make sure that we are competitive and doing the right thing for our shoppers. And you hit some of the items that have been had this have pretty robust inflation. But just to just to build on it a little bit. Um, we, we saw over the last couple of years uh, a rate of price increases that would have been seven to eight times the normal rate, uh, in, in particularly in 2022. And so we, what we realized is that we're not in a normal situation for inflation, and no one grew up in this in, industry has any experience with this kind of rapid inflation. So we had to sharpen our saw here a little bit, and we, we actually formulated a merch, uh, merchandising transformation program so that we get really good and understanding the inflation causals, challenging them, and finding a way to get our food manufacturers to partner with us on finding ways to kind of reduce those costs and keep them at least stable so that our shoppers have great choices when they go into the marketplace. So we're underway with that now. We're a couple months into it, and we're finding really good participation in the food manufacturers, and we're seeing a little bit of slowing both. In terms of requests for price increases, as well as the total price increase themselves. One of
0: the ways that consumers were handling this is they were, they were I guess you just called it moving down. But instead of buying brand names, they were buying maybe store brands of, you know, whether it's milk or, you know, pimento loaf or whatever else. Is that still true?
1: There's some really interesting phenomena going on there. It is, it is still true, although but we would say in our case, uh, people are trading up to our private brand, uh, what we call our family. Uh, we're seeing, uh, because those are such great quality products, they're more competitively priced. And uh, we're seeing a, a growth rate of about three times what we're seeing on the national brands. So they're growing very quickly right now. They're more available and they're a great price. But we're also seeing other behaviors that we think are really fascinating at the same time. We're seeing things like people who are looking to find save a penny here and a penny there, and then finding a, a way to indulge themselves at the margin as well. So we had that kind of that bimodal behavior going on where they'll fill their basket with stuff that they're getting on sale or getting the best price, and then still buying uh, something that they, they love. I, I, I used this example recently of the uh, in the meat section. It's really interesting. We're seeing people are buying a little less steak, a little more hamburger. Right? Makes sense. Um, but in all that mix, we're still seeing really Great sales on our bratwurst and our store-made kebabs that are seasoned in the store, which is one of the highest priced costs cost-per-pound items we sell, but they're terrific products, and people want to have that indulgent experience once in a while. And you see that across a number of categories. So the headline is people are are, are strained. Uh, they are um, They are making some trade-offs. They are looking for great values. And they're going to get a little bit of indulgence once in a while to keep that joy in, in the eating and the shopping experience. You,
0: you think you can hang on to them at this time? Where, you know, if you've got them buying your store brand right now and they're happy, uh, you know, it's dark, we're not going to be in a recession forever. Uh, are they going to go back to Hormel or can you keep them?
1: I, I, think, I think we'll keep them because at the same time, we're developing a great new portfolio of products and we're developing products. I think people, once they've tried them now, and they've tried them perhaps because they wanted to try them at a lower price, but they're also learning that they're great products. And so they're, they're, I think we'll, 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 keep, uh, we'll keep a great many of them. The other thing we're doing to keep people in store, of course, is we're, we want to make sure that we provide great services. And so we have uh, dialed up the services we provide, you know, whether it's our delis or our bakeries or our butcher shops. Um, we believe that shopping experience that had, had sort of drifted to uh, deep discounters and, and a less personal experience. We think people are going to come back and want that more personal experience. And we're seeing our traffic and our share up these last couple of years. We think it'll continue.
0: So, so let's uh, go back to your distributor business, your old center business. Uh, how's that working? Do you, you are you having labor problems getting people to drive trucks and load them and offload them? and I guess fuel prices are not are, are beginning to come back your way at least.
1: Yeah, so we're, it's, it's, we're fraught with all those challenges, uh, but we're, we're seeing some, some great uh, rays of hope. So I, I'll just dial back a little bit to when I got started here. We started a transformation of the business broadly around a cultural transformation. So it brought a new great leadership team, a purpose driven leadership team with the purpose of driving growth and driving a really great culture and great future for the people who work here. We've got a new corporate identity, and we have many things that we're investing in, but most importantly, we're investing in our people. We brand that as people first, and that's been the mission we've been on. We think that's a really important part of the overall attraction of, of, of getting people to come and to stay and, and to work here. Um, but we have to acknowledge the fact that it's been a tough uh, competitive market from a cost standpoint as well. And so we wanted to we we wanted to go out and invest and have a great compelling offer in its totality, and that meant that we had to take our wages up. So our interlevel wages for frontline employees, the ones that, that start their careers in an interlevel job, whether it's in our stores or in our wholesale business, those um, um, th- those wages are up about 30% over the last two years. So wow. Really, really big. That that number would have been maybe like five or six percent over two years. You know, over the maybe of course the last decade, it looks so so big changes there, and we made big changes to the overall culture, as I mentioned, and and to, uh, to the way we offer uh, you know the various elements of employment to all, all levels in the organization.
0: Well, I will uh, I will say they love you up there, evidently, because your stock price is you know you're a your public company, is so. Your stock price is the gauge of performance. Your stock price did awfully well last year. You're gonna have a, really good a great year. What are you telling the analysts? You're gonna have a good year this year.
1: We're uh, we are always well, we had, actually interesting. You mentioned that we just had our first big uh, investor day in New York just a couple months ago, and so we told them uh, a great deal about our three year strategy and our plans, what we're doing to grow the business and grow more aggressively, and provide a really great, compelling offer, not just to our employees I mentioned a moment ago, but also to our customers broadly. We served about 2,500. Uh, uh, grocers, uh, across the, the middle of the country. And, uh, we want to be, we want to provide them with the best services and, uh, and a, and a very, uh, again, long term relationship that allows us both to grow. And we think we got, we think we got a good thing growing. So we're, we're seeing, a, a very, a very good year in our, in through our windshield right now.
0: That's great. Well, again, like I say, we miss you in North Texas. As I look around, it's 60 degrees here. There's no oh, snow on the ground. Can you it's say, just a same? wee bit
1: cooler here. <laughs> agrees
0: maybe <laughs> tony sarsom is the ceo of spartan nash we always enjoy the visits thank you very much sir be well
1: thanks for having me you too david
0: thanks for more of our conversation go to krld.com slash ceo i'm david johnson news radio 1080 KRLD.